Sarah, but I am delighted to commence this hour in conversation with the pioneering fashion icon, Beth Ann Hardison, about her new documentary, Invisible Beauty. Take a listen. I always know you can change things. I've done it before. Everyone's talking about diversity and inclusion. That directly stems from the work that Beth Ann did. Without her, the opportunities wouldn't exist for me to do what I love. She's like a second mother to me. That one shining light of kindness. We're all students of Beth Ann Hardison. And I always say, just, you know, a hammock and a tequila, I'm good. You heard it first. <laughs> She's the godmother of fashion. When I saw it, I was the first black, black looking model on 7th Avenue. There was no people look like me. I knew the difference of segregation from childhood. These people thought that we were less. I let them know we are here. She realized she was the message. She represents this power. A lot of designers did not use models of color. No blacks, no ethnics. You don't know what it's like to be invisible. Where are the black girls? I saw the Black Girls Coalition. She moved our glamour and our good looks into the arena of activism. She's a game changer. She sacrificed a lot. My mother has enough ambition for the whole world. It's really hard as a single mom. I was scared to fail. She wants us to win more than anything. It gets a little challenging at times. But that's going to be part of your great story. I don't know who I think I am, but I do be trying. We want to provoke conversation. We want to provoke ideas. I'm not here to put anyone down. I'm here to bring everybody up. Bethann was able to unify us. She has changed the way beauty is defined. But I still want to do more things. There are a lot of young people out there who really have something to say. And they come along like a tsunami. They come along as a wave. The game's not over. Once you meet this person, it's going to change your life. Let's shake it up. Whether you like it or not. Keep your head up. Invisible Beauty is one of the best docs I've seen in quite a while. It's in theaters later this week, September 15th to be exact. But I am pleased right now to be joined by the legendary black model and advocate for diversity in the fashion industry, Beth Ann Hardison. Ms. Hardison, how are you today? Thank you so much. I'm very well. Nice speaking to you. It's been a long time that we've been trying to do this. Well, it has been a while. I'm glad we finally got it done. And uh, thank you. Thank you for the time that we that we do have. Let me just start. Um, as I said, I, I saw the doc. It's it's beautifully done. And I, I, I know others will not be disappointed when they get a chance to check this one out. And I just want to start with a broad question, given all that you have done and continue to do. And the audience can hear some of that in the trailer we just played for them. What 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 drives you? What's what's been motivating you and animating you all these years to do all that you've done? Oh, I think believing in someone, uh, believing in others when they see them going in a rabbit hole, and you know that in your heart you don't believe that they really are, you know, the results of what their actions are. So you you, you just got to think that okay, let me just get to them and have a conversation. You know, show them the way of, of the, the way they're going, and to see if they would think that that's what they intended. And so, I think it's because I believe that my industry really, basically, what wouldn't shouldn't be responsible for even thinking that we, they were racist. So I think that's what really drove me. I, I believed in I believed in them. Mm-hmm. What has it been like? Um, and again, people can see you know all kinds of. Uh, uh, 
um, anecdotes and I mean hear anecdotes and see all kinds of evidence of the of the the work and witness I would put it that way the work and witness you've been engaged in for all these decades but what's it what's it been like um, saving the fashion industry from itself you know it's interesting it's it's good to understand that this is not every everyone says you know oftentimes uh, you know this is your life's work and I keep saying it wasn't my life's work <laughs> they said in your career and I keep saying it's not in my career. But I think what winds up happening is that you get to a place and um, you're not doing it all the time. It's mm-hmm. not happening all the time. It's just something you keep your eye on. But there was a moment I really had to get involved deeply, you know. And, and there's different, different, there's just different moments that come upon you that makes that happen. But I didn't have to do it all the time. Yeah. It's just every so often something would happen and I'd have to poke somebody and say, wait a minute, <laughs> you know how that sounds? You know, you want to book two black models, and you how many are you going to use? 34. You have 34 models, you only want two. Mm. You know, yeah, you have to sort of like make them sort of see how, how that sounds, and then they recognize it, you know. And mm. I'm glad I was in that position. I'm glad I am in that position because I'm, I'm su- successful in this, in this wide environment of the garment industry and the model industry and the designer's world. Yeah. Beth Ann Hardison, uh, as you heard moments ago, say uh, she has not had to do it every day, but there have been moments that she had to get deeply involved. And there was a particular moment she referenced where she got all the way in. We'll talk about that moment and a great deal more when we come forward talking about the new documentary, Invisible Beauty. Uh, our guest is Beth Ann Hardison on Tavis Smile. Seeking the truth. Speaking the truth. This is the Tavis Smiley Show. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. The documentary about the pioneering fashion icon, Beth Ann Harrison, is called Invisible Beauty. Hits theaters on September the 15th. There are a lot of uh, beautiful people in this documentary, many of whom known by just one name, uh, Iman, uh, Naomi. Uh, and uh, in case you didn't know, Beth Ann Hardison has a son named Kadeem Hardison. You remember Kadeem from Different World and all the other great stuff he's done? Uh, that is her son. Uh, and so there are a lot of great people in this documentary. And the story of her relationship with Kadeem, is, uh, is, uh, they unpack it beautifully uh, in this documentary. And it's, it's great to hear him in his own voice um, talk about his mother and uh, the, the, the relationship and how it grew and the challenges to that relationship. It's a, again, a lot, a lot, a lot packed into this, uh, two hour documentary. Let, let me, let me go right quickly though, to that point you made a moment ago, Beth Ann Hardison, when you said it's not something you had to do uh, or fight every single day, but there were moments you had to get in and poke people, but you made reference to that moment, that moment where you really had to get deeply involved. Uh, that moment was what? When I actually had to, well, first in 2007, I held a press conference mm-hmm. that helped to change some things. But then it, it, it would go up, and then it would slide back. Then it would go up a little bit, and they start to integrate. And model agencies could start to have black girls, and I'd always say, you know, they're not taking black girls to season, because at one point they would say that. Mm. Well, now they don't say that anymore. They might still not do it, but they'd say it anymore. Well, then by 2007, went on through, I did many town hall meetings and all, but in 2013, I wrote the letters to every fashion um, council in the international components, so with New York, London, Milan, and Paris, mm-hmm. and wrote on to each one of those councils, just speaking of every designer that was guilty of either using one or no black models consistently for two or three seasons. And I said, whether it's your intention or not, the result is racism. Mm-hmm. And that letter went to the press as well. 
Yeah. What, what did you learn from that experience of calling people out? As we say, calling folk on the carpet. Well, I, I, I think because I, I believe in the industry in a way a lot of people say, but they're racist, you know, they're, well, you know, I'll, let's give it the benefit of the doubt and see if you go in with a, a softer, a softer touch, if you'll get a better result. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I got. I mean, I didn't go in it slaying people. I made sense of the, of the, of the paragraph that I made and it, it didn't say that they were racist. I just said the act. Mm-hmm. If you're not conscious, that's what it is. So I think I, what I did was able to get that clear to them. And I had immediate reaction of, you know, change. You know, they immediately, by the time we got to London, they changed. Italy, they changed. You know, they started putting girls of color in the shows and, bought, you know, it just changed. But that's the thing I learned from it is that sometimes, you know, you just have to, whether you're not, you don't want to or not, but you have to poke the bear mm-hmm. and hope that you get the results. Yeah. I'm not naive in asking this question. Uh, clearly, racism has already come up uh, a few times in this in this uh, in this conversation. Um, right. But yet, but yet I'm, I'm probing for something deeper. And maybe, maybe there is nothing deeper. You tell me, Beth Ann Hardison. But why is it, um, given how spectacular they are? I mean, somebody made the point and it's true. It comes up in the documentary that can't nobody walk a runway like a black, like a black woman can. They just they it's the personality, the individuality, the style. Can't nobody walk a runway like a black woman can. And yet. People knew that, and to your earlier point, uh, they would say we're not using any black girls this season. My question is why uh, the intense denial of black women in these uh, fashion houses and on these uh, in these fashion shows for so long? Why, why, why the pushback? Because they met a new girl. What happened is that the uh, Eastern Wall, say the, the block, mm-hmm. say like Berlin Wall, used as a perfect example, mm-hmm. came down. Where before we couldn't go into Eastern Europe in, in scout models, well, all of a sudden there were scouts going into Eastern Europe and bringing models slowly into America. Well, in Europe as well. And the casting directors that were working for these different designers start discovering these other girls. And there was a concept of understanding no longer the supermodel, no longer the glamorous girl, not even even Linda Vangelisa they wouldn't have booked mm-hmm. because they didn't want anything to distract from the clothes. This was a new, it was like a new sheriff in town. It was a different vibe. But what happened is that it went on and on too long. Instead of it just going maybe a season or two and that was just a little moment, it went on and started going on for years. It, the, the, the black model was just, she was just, she was just replaced. And the unfortunate thing about it is that she was already there. Mm-hmm. She got replaced. It wasn't like we were trying to get find her a space to get into. She had been there, and then they just they just stopped using black models. And one designer to do it, and then everybody else follows because that becomes a trend that seems normal. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah, was what was there was there a price that you paid um, or have paid for being so um, so outspoken? The price I paid is they gave me an award. <laughs> 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 the Council of Fashion Designers of America, which is represents New York, <laughs> they gave me an award yeah. uh, for my actions and the fact that I turned the industry around uh, internationally. You know, so from Milan to Paris to London to New York. Yes, I got the, the Founders Award in uh, 2014. So I'd say that's the only price I see. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm laughing because you, you must be the only, the only Negro in history, certainly in, in late modernity, who received an award for calling white folk out. I, I've, never, I've never known anybody uh, other than you. I, tell you, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I too, was impressed 
I had I actually became emotional. Yeah. You know, people would say, you know, you're going to get an award for doing this. Like I said, no, they, these people ain't going to give me no award. They probably want me to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. But no, I did it in a very nice way. It was never anything that made people feel bad. Yeah. It was very much like it was a it was like a well awakening of truth. Yeah. And honestly, it was really um, you you saw the results, and it's almost like I know in my heart they didn't want to ever not creative people. Mm-hmm. They never want to think of themselves as being racist mm-hmm. because they're not in their minds. They're not you know border surely being a liberal is borderline racist oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, I I just had to go in believing. Yeah. Um, I, I want to follow you uh, follow you on something you just said a moment ago, and I'm, I'm glad you went there because it gives me a way to get in. Uh, I didn't necessarily know how to how to broach this subject matter, but as I watched the documentary and just was enthralled by what I was witnessing, um, used the word emotional earlier. You said I even got, I even got a little emotional. So by your own admission, uh, it's not something uh, that you necessarily do every day. And as I watched watched you move and watched your career unfold in this doc. Um, I saw somebody who was very focused, who was very matter of fact about what they were doing, but I didn't see somebody who was overly emotional uh, about a situation that you could have been emotional about, particularly given that you and others were being, you know, being sidelined. But I never really saw the emotional response. I never saw an emotional outburst. I just saw you knowing what you had to do and going about your business. Is that who you are? Yeah, well, in this particular case, yes, because, you you know, it's like playing chess. You have to know your opponent, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to take your time with it. You know, I I just honestly really um, recognize exactly what what it was that was necessary, and I think it was very important to not to, to come with a big stick, mm-hmm. you know. You know, just going soft, and because I, I, I believe them. I believe that if if they realize what they were doing, and how they were affecting society, and how they were coming off if if the light was put on them, I knew right away they would change their their attitude. So for me, it was something that I I really was very happy that they they did that because I I believe they would, yeah. and they did. Yeah. So it was very much a, a thing of like, whew, job well done. But you, you know, a lot of people say when they watch a film how graceful I am. Mm-hmm. I've heard that so many times. Mm-hmm. The Q and A's are really good because they express a lot of things that you don't. You made a film. I didn't know the film would make people cry and people. I'm sure they laugh because I'm I'm comedic. I'm quick with it. <laughs> but you know, but the, the, the emotion that if everybody, men, women, even teenage kids, were telling me they cried. Yeah. Well, I think it's really the way that you I go about it. But I honestly didn't think anything other than the fact that yeah, we gotta this this can be done. This could be solved. I pray with fingers crossed. You know. Yeah. But I. I I didn't get I didn't get emotional doing any time of it. Um, I, I really didn't, and you're right about that. And the grace of it all, I love that people said that to me because yeah. it helped me to see see me in that light as well. well. Well, you are you are you are quite graceful. So let me just add my voice to all the other voices, um, uh, underscoring how graceful you are uh, in life and certainly in in this documentary. Um, I want to throw. I'm, I'm looking at my time here. I got like seven minutes left, and I want to make the most of it. I want to uh, throw a few things at you and get you to. I just respond um, because these things come up in the documentary. Uh, the Battle of Versailles. I've had conversations in my career just about that because for those who know anything about black fashion or about fashion, period, you cannot be unaware of the impact that this had. But I, I'm wondering specifically uh, how that battle, uh, what that battle did to give you purpose, if I can put it that way. Well, yeah, you know, people feel that way. Um, I've heard even when Patricia Cleveland says that in the, in the film, that she believed that watching this, 
she was with us. I mean, she was with me. That that gave me purpose. Mm-hmm. Maybe subconsciously it did. Not mm-hmm. consciously it didn't. I think everything that you do when there's an achievement and people, you hear the roar of a crowd mm-hmm. and people commend you and give you a, a bravo, especially in a foreign land, it gives you confidence. It gives mm-hmm. you more confidence whether you know it or not. Subconsciously, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So I think for that, with Versailles, it was very special because of what it was. Yeah. There, I want to mention. I want to mention the names of uh, three or four black men. We think of uh, fashion. We tend to think of uh, of, of women, uh, and certainly talking about black women uh, in this conversation with you. But I want to mention the names of a few men and just get you to uh, give me a top line on the role these men played in your life. Uh, let me start with uh, with Willie Smith. Oh yes, Willie was. Uh, he discovered me just seeing me in the in the neighborhood of the garment industry and thinking I was a designer. And he just loved my style. He would see me on the street. We never met until he had someone seek me out and had me come and meet him for breakfast with him and a friend of his. So he became the person who really was my inspiration. Mm. That's um, for sure. He really believed in me. Yeah. Um, Stephen Burroughs. And Stephen Burroughs, who's another, you know, a person that... Just I inspired him. I, I like I was Willie's muse. I became then his muse. But I worked with Stephen full time, and the good thing about that is that we got this opportunity for both of them. I was instrumental in getting both of them museum shows. You know, it's so rare that any designer, no matter what your color, gets a museum show. Mm-hmm. But I was able to do it with Willie and also with Stephen, and I'm very proud of that because they both deserved it very much. Yeah. So, in in some regards, Willie uh, Smith and Stephen Burroughs helped introduce us to Beth Ann Hardison, but Beth Ann Hardison then pays it forward and introduces us to a a, a handsome model named Tyson Beckford. Uh, Beth Ann, say a word about oh. Tyson. Yeah, Tyson. Now he, now he was he, he was he was the one to beat. I mean, he came along, and you know, I, I, the blessing is that I really did. I decided to take him because he was a good-looking kid, and we had a small agency. It was very strict about how many people we handled and all. But I was very happy that, you know, spending that time with Tyson, within a year, he was, you know, working for Ralph Lauren. And in that time frame, he then we didn't have a contract, uh, you know, for so then the contract turned from one year to two years. The next thing you know, we had it for five years. Mm. And then we also had the polo fragrance contract, which, mm-hmm. which was another phenomenal move. And we traveled. And the great thing about Ralph Lauren was that he, you know, he's one of the highest paid, you know, um, advertiser around the world so he you you can go anywhere and, and see his his ads and tyson because of that tyson became really a notable person that was related to the brand and he was you could see his face anywhere we went to malaysia just to do a uh, uh you know like a, a like what we call an appearance mm-hmm. um and you just wouldn't think there would be that little muslim girls out there with a calendar i used to do calendars on tyson one of the sign it's just <laughs> You know, he he really had a great effect that went worldwide, so which is really wonderful. Yeah, one 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 last male name that I want to mention, um, uh, Kadeem Hardison, uh, who I've known uh, over the years, of course, uh, here in L.A. where where I live and where he, uh, of course, did a lot of work. Um, I was I was I was uh, I was moved by his 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 part in the documentary because it 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 opened up and shared. Uh, a part about uh, about your backstory, about his backstory, about your relationship that I didn't know. But it, it, you got you got to be vulnerable at times to kind of put that relationship on the screen. But the both of you did it, though. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I, I'm I'm glad you're saying that because the good thing about me playing the having the role of being a a co-director, I didn't get I I I chose not to be in any of the interviews. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the, the my co-director and the team to just be there. 
And it was interesting for me to see that once the film came together and like he got four hours of footage that he wanted to show me, to see Kadim's interview was really very telling for me too mm-hmm. because, you know, he he just really sat there and it was a, they said it was a long interview, um, and he just shared and it was nice for me to see that he could honor up that way yeah. because he just disappears. We're not a dysfunctional family. He just disappears and. He's such a great guy. You don't want him disappearing because he's funny. We laugh a lot. <laughs> but like he explained, you know, when he don't feel good about him, he just the last person he wants to talk to is a person he feels would not even if I would judge him, he wants to be able to say something great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful part of the doc every time he shows up, and so I'm I'm glad you all made the decision to, to do that. In, in the ninety seconds I have left, not enough time with you, given your immense career. Uh, let me close with this though: What does it feel like when this thing is all said and done, and you're sitting back and you're looking at all of these models who we just adore, from Iman to Naomi, run the list. I don't have the time, um, but they're on film talking about you and how you changed the world for them. How do you process looking at that? Oh, you know, it's, uh, you know what I can say about that? I think it's fair to say I'm so happy it's been documented. Mm-hmm. Because what you really want to do is you want this film to really be a legacy film. I mean, really, like you want it to live in institutes for the, you know, for in perpetuity. You just want everyone to be able to come and see it because I don't think it has a timeline on it. And I think that so many people who've known me 25, 30 years never knew the story, the whole story, the mm-hmm. background. And it's not my career. It's just a story. It's not my life. It's just a story, and it's a long, in-depth story because it ran for a period of time. So for me, I'm just very happy that we got it done, and I'm so much more happier that everyone loves the film, and it's been a crowd pleaser, and I'm very proud of that. Well, it's a rich story and a story beautifully told, including, of course, your work at the Black Girls Coalition. There's a lot in it, and I, as I said earlier, people will not be disappointed, as I was not when I got a chance to see it. It's called Invisible Beauty. It is about uh, the story, this part of her story, I should say, uh, the pioneering fashion icon uh, and advocate for, for, uh, for fairness, fundamental fairness and diversity and equity in the fashion industry. Beth Ann Hardison. Beth Ann Hardison, good to have you on. A great honor. Thank you for the time and all the best to you. Thank you, Travis. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for coming on. More of Travis Smiley when we come forward.